Who's the guy on, on YouTube? The DJ who does like the video interviews. DJ oh, Vlad. Yeah. So tell us about the first time you sold drugs in the street and who you were with and what date <laughs> And what was. jacket you were wearing. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to talk about something really positive and he's like, yeah, so. So you're in a crack house. <laughs> Vlad, <laughs> who's with fans. you? Like, <laughs> Another black in a box. The world is told by black faces in white spaces. There's me, there's Jello. Yup. And there's Dom. Yes, yes. Alana is out in what I was going to say back home in the motherland, but as, as, as regular listeners will know, that could be one of about a dozen places. <laughs> so. <laughs> she's, she's out in Cali at the minute, is what we'll say. Uh, God bless her. And uh, we open with the world as told by blackface and white spaces. There's probably no whiter space than Coachella. (laughs) (laughs) The influencer, uh, influencer Olympics, a grueling two weeks for all involved. I've not been. Has anyone been? I have no intention of ever going, ever. Prince could do a comeback tour and I'd be at, C- at Coachella and I wouldn't go. <laughs> Honestly. The, the Vince Staples lyric from uh, Feels Like Summer is all I needed to know. Uh, white fans at the Coachella never been touched. Mm, no better. <laughs> <laughs> nope. The views of Vince Staples do not necessarily, <laughs> not necessarily reflect the thoughts and views of the management. Uh, but yeah, Coachella Festival, it's going on now. Uh, I know a couple of people have gone. Um, fuming there were that Kanye's not on, but that's a different story. Um, well, we all know what colour they are if the fuming Kanye is not performing this year. <laughs> <laughs> it's, well, I mean, you might be wrong. You might be wrong. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the, the, the story we'd like to discuss is... Um, it's a heartwarming one, yeah. you know, and it's that of Isaiah Rashad in what has become a big old week for TDE. We're going to start with the re-emergence into the world of Isaiah Rashad after, um, you know, for those that were watching. A few months ago, there was a leaked tape involving himself and other gentlemen and... It was a, 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 it was a strange scene because it felt at the time like rap music itself had a mixture between a shrug and rallying around him in that moment, knowing what he must have been going through. But you never know because there was no comment. I, I, did we pick on this before? No, no. I think he kind of just went AWOL, didn't it? Like no one heard or saw anything of him until this weekend. Exactly, exactly, and it completely slipped me by that like he was even performing, so when I woke up and he was trending, I had mixed, I did have mixed feelings, because I, yeah. I did not know what would have happened, but I think it was actually, you dropped it in the WhatsApp dom, yeah. and uh, yeah, he 
he used that moment, he reclaimed that moment and just sort of sort of forged on with his with his life, with his truth. And it was like I say, it was it was a shrug of this is who I am. This is an acceptance of who I am. There was you know it was, it was a, a, a mutual reflection of the the love that he'd got from the from the world of hip hop. And yeah, it was a beautiful, beautiful moment. Isaiah Rashad, rapper on TDE, recently had a video get leaked with him and two men. Shout out to Isaiah Rashad, man. I know we ne we never yeah, man. Listen, man. I listen. I want to make sure he was okay. <laughs> purpose of doing that was to try to embarrass him but however um it backfired when his video leaked his streams and everything went up mm -hmm. he's up on the charts now niggas be like oh isaiah rashad he doing this he doing that he doing this bro why is you so worried about what another man is doing i saw a lot of oh, i'm never listening to him yeah, again it's yeah. like that's crazy why fuck that got to do with anything rap i'm straight and maybe he go a different way. So go that way. That shit don't make me feel like less of a man. Like, nigga, I'm operating how I operate. I'm glad that he can finally be I just thought it was, it was huge because I was very, very concerned when the tape was released and it was trending because I know within hip-hop, we have come a long way. I mean, if you think about the lyrics and some of the music that we listen to as kids... It was almost flippantly homophobic, like homophobia, there's never a space for it, but it just kind of found its way in hip hop lyrics so easily that it was pretty hard to avoid. Um, and I can't imagine what it must have felt like being gay or being any, any other on the spectrum um, of LGBTQIA and being a hip hop fan back in those days. And with the likes of Lil Nas X, with Tyler the Creator and others as well, um, starting to embrace and be more empowering about their sexuality. I think we have got to a better place, but then we still have boozies. We still have people that are talking about how that has no place in hip-hop culture. T.I. has said some pretty ridiculous things as well. Um, and I think what the thing that got me really is this could have been any rapper. I don't think it really matters who it is, but Isaiah Rashad, he is known almost as well as for his music for his mental health and substance addiction problems. And he's written about it several times. His first album, Sylvia Demo, one of my, probably my favorite track from that album, Heavenly Father, he talks about his mental health problems growing up and how he used to self-harm and self-medicate and all these horrific things that he was driven to. So when I saw this come out, my first thought was, oh, this could be really, really, really difficult. This could be something that is a precursor to something horrific happening. Um, and because there was no response, I was kind of hopeful in that it was something that was being managed, something that was um, the TDE roster were rallying around him, his friends, his family were rallying around him and just taking some time out, which I think is probably the best way to do it because a lot of the time people try and fight this on social media and it's impossible to win anything on social media because the discourse changes by the second. It was just amazing because not only was he owning what had happened, but you were hearing some pretty big voices in hip-hop supporting him. And it's kind of like the last episode we spoke on with Will and Jada and how it was a big moment for Will to stand up for a black woman on the world's biggest stage in film. 
when you hear these kind of voices supporting Isaiah Rashad and speaking about how it's nobody else's business what he gets up to in his bedroom, I think that is massive. So first and foremost, I'm just so happy that he's okay. I'm just so happy that he is it it feels bad to say this, but we've seen we've seen it in, in recent years in hip hop. I'm just so happy he's still with us. And it it just it, I think when I shared it in the group, I just said this is beautiful because that's how I felt. It just put a smile on my face that Sunday afternoon when I saw it. I mean, I didn't. I deliberately didn't check it out when I saw it because I am now to this point to the spot where if I see a black famous person trending online, I'm like, nah, I don't want to check it too soon. Um, and then when I finally got round to checking it, I was. It was, I, I'm happy that one of my reactions was almost, almost indifferent. And what I mean by that is that there is this, I, 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 we're not there yet. We're definitely not there yet. But uh, hip hop culture has moved to a point where somebody who is, and I put this in inverted commas, as real as the game is out there being like, why, why are people trying to get into his business? But mm. more than that, because the thing is, it's like, I, I kind of try and, you know, I'm involved in all parts of hip hop culture. I, I still listen to like the battle rapping scene and battle rapping. That's so, the liar alarm. Uh, <laughs> That's cap. It's the cap alarm. <laughs> um, yeah, the battle rap scene is is further behind. It's a lot further behind than kind of you know where TDE are. Um, but when you, I know a lot of those battle rappers will be looking up to people like the game and and listening to what he has to say and. I, I liked the messaging as well, which is to business. Um, and if we if this leads to a thing where we start decoupling um, hip hop from sexuality, I think, and a sexuality that people feel they have to put on, I think that's only going to be a good thing. And not just hip hop, but all music, because, you know, how many LGBTQIA performers, when they come out, have to do videos where they're in cisgendered relationships and it's in heterosexual relationships it's like maybe that's not what they're on and if that's not what they're on then that's not what they're on um so for me the normality of it and the fact that i didn't see not one uh comment that was just like oh here we go i didn't see a boosie yeah. comment and and i and whether that's because people genuinely don't feel like that or because they just feel that you know, ashamed, ashamed to do it, or they feel like it will be damaging to their career. I don't care. Just the fact they're not doing it for me now again normalize it and makes the next artist that's just like they don't feel like they need to do an announcement. And and the thing is, this mm. is important because it's only within the last two years that, for example, the first NFL player has come out openly. Active NFL player has come out. Um, it's within the last ten years that an NBA player um, has come out. Um, uh, there's a player for the Memphis Grizzlies called Desmond Bain, who it came out that he is seeing a transgender woman and it hasn't made the news. And I'm really glad about that. It's like, this is the world we live in now. And I do, I just tip my cap to those that have had to fight for this to be normal. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the the scales are tipping for sure on this like it's, it's it's a younger generation that's come through and as you mentioned some of the other artists before i want to shout out i want to shout out lil b thank you bass god 2011 <laughs> was when he did uh i'm gay 
and he started and it you know it wasn't even a sexuality thing at first it was him being openly like open to just crying while on a video and it's just little chipping away as you say chipping away at these signs of sort of toxic toxic masculinity top just like this public face of masculinity just chipping away and chipping away to the point where like you can eat, you can even show emotions and then making a song called I'm gay when he's not gay it's just you know it's about allyship it's about uh, supporting other people's rights to be themselves and that's you know it's been a long journey and these younger artists now who have grown up on the internet as trolls they don't care anymore so you can see a little Nas X who uh, can embarrass a boozy and I think by and large a lot of the older hip-hop generation have seen that these the times are changing and yeah it's good to see people getting on board with it. Well, times have changed. I don't think it's just times are changing. Times have changed. And what sells now? I think there's a huge part of this conversation which goes missing. And it's not necessarily about sexuality, but it's more to do with the masculinity of yesteryear's hip-hop. And the sea, ch- the sea change for me was when Kanye outsold 50 Cent. Um, I can't, it might have been... Um, was it Graduation and Curtis? I can't remember which two albums it was, but they went together head-to-head to see who could sell the most records in the first week. Obviously, it's marketing. But that seemed to... It seemed to signal a time where rap was moving away from just raggedocious hip-hop, where you had to be the toughest, you had to be the hardest, you had to be street. And it opened the door for another type of artist. And back then, it obviously, like I said, wasn't to do with sexuality, but it was seen as a big thing that Kanye West wore polo shirts and that he wore bright colours. And I think for me, that is very much a start of where we've got to today. And yes, there were other artists around the time that were doing similar, but I think we're talking about in the mainstream here. And that was a huge, huge moment for hip hop. Definitely agree. But I would probably say it goes back actually to the 80s. The thing is, it is root. Hip hop has always been about authenticity and we reached a stage where it's like you all can't be murderous drug dealers and dropping records like Mm. that's that's what's not happening like sorry like we know the police can be useless but not all of you are doing that um Um, i mean no but they're not though they're not quite quite a lot of them are yeah but (laughs) but a lot of them are not i'm not gonna gonna name names but there's a lot of bad men releasing music yeah, but in terms of it, my my original point though still stands, which is that hip hop it has always been about authenticity, and you can go back to like, you know, little and um, little B about Eric B and Rakeem, what they were talking about, kind of about the struggle to make money, or you know, um, you listen to Nas in the nineties, uh, and and we reached. I think the thing with 50 Cent was that, yes, something very bad happened to him and he was from the streets, but it spawned a lot of people where it's like, look, just because you stole a refresher bar when you were nine from the shop does not mean that you are pushing weight. And so I think that Isaiah Rashad, Little Nas X, where these guys are kind of coming, what's really coming through is their authenticity. And just, and like, (laughs) as, as, uh, you know, I ain't never been to Compton. I'm from Canterbury and you know London like I ain't never been to Compton I, I'm not straight out of Compton 
but I can I can understand a, a rapper talking about his mental health. You know, I can understand. So I probably have more in common with a Kid Cudi than like a gangster rapper. And I feel that the more we have this, because this is this is the thing. Like a lot of these rappers are kind of saying, "Yeah, we just want to keep people need to keep it real. We need to keep it real." I'm gay, not that real, not that real. And I think that the the consumers are like, "Well, hold on, I just want it. I want an authentic experience. I want an experience that feels like mine." And I think that uh, somebody like Isaiah Rashad just this is my this is my truth. And by the way, I'm not. He didn't even address it. He kind of had the video play and just came out rapping. Oh, we don't need to do a Q and A. This is Coachella. Um, and I think that's where the progress happens. And I feel that the message to a lot of performers, a lot of artists is be truthful, tell your truth because people want to hear your truth. Um, well, push is dropping tomorrow and uh, that's going to undermine <laughs> everything you've just said. Everything you've just said. It's the duality so, of Mandan. That's all it is. A one it's almost dry. It's almost dry tomorrow. Plug talk. It's almost dry. Rick, Rick Ross got me feeling fantastic every time. Fantastic. As soon as he laughs, got me dripping in jewels. Oh. Maybach music. I'm never going to have a Maybach. But I'm feeling fantastic. But I know, I absolutely agree with you. Um, I guess I was going to, I was going to, I was going to disagree, but what I feel like is that authenticity is rooted in you being able to know who the person is rather than you necessarily craving authenticity. You you can get a, you can like Pusha T knowing that he's not Pablo Escobar because he paints the story so well. So it almost doesn't really matter who he is. You know Rick Ross's background, but the way he's telling those stories, you know, it's it's rooted in something in something real, and that's why it works. Otherwise, we'd only watch films about whatever our background was we'd only read books about whatever our background was there are many reasons why people approach the art but yeah that's what i'm I saying think, I, I guess think the most important point there though is the quality of the music because there's all kinds of people who are not authentic but they don't make good music and their lack of authenticity becomes an issue rick ross people tried to give him shit for the reality of him being a corrections officer and not being this drug lord that he speaks about in his lyrics but Rick Ross, Rick Ross's music is undeniable. It sounds <laughs> delicious. It is honestly beautiful. <laughs> so you ain't gonna get people. <laughs> you ain't gonna get people shitting on his lack of authenticity because who hell, who else has music that is just so lavish? It's amazing, and that's why no one cares about the fact that he's talking shit. Because I, I want to hear more of that shit talk. But also, like, he, there is always with him, and that's the thing, is, like, you can do the fake stuff, but there has to be, like, an almost a wink to the audience. Like, we're not stupid. Like, Curtis can come out talking his shit because he came out being like, yeah, I got shot nine times. Like, yeah. Rick Ross, as soon as it came out, like, he was like, come on, yeah, but it's a, it's a character. And, and, and the thing is, I'd rather them be characters than end up like Biggie and Tupac. 100%. But yeah, shout out my man Isaiah Rashad. K dot is dropping. Mm. It's been five long years since Dam. He's won a Pulitzer. We've had a pandemic. <laughs> Many things have occurred. And now he's back for his last record on the TDE label before he moves over to PG Lang. What's it called? It's got a weird name, on it? Mr. Magoo. Mr. Magoo in the big leagues. 
Something like that. <laughs> you, can't, you can't have Mr. Magoo in there. What, what is it called? <laughs> Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. There you go. Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. And it sounds it sounds it sounds a little jazzy. I'm worried. I am worried. Why does that worry you? That just that he's sending himself down a path with the name of the album. Which doesn't look like he's not really it's not really a thing, like <laughs> you know. But You're doing that internet thing, Dan, you're thinking I'm, far too much into <laughs> the tiny bit of information you've been given. I am thinking far too much. But immediately I, you, you know it's going to ban. Of course. You know it's going to ban. Nobody can talk to me on the 13th of May, or the 14th of May, or the 15th of May. I'm not even joking. I kind of have booked out the 13th of May. Um, like, I, I, I've made sure the house is to myself. I've got my speakers set up. I'm going to burn some incense. Like, I've been, hey, I haven't been excited by an album. I haven't been excited for an album like this since J Electronica. And Dom, you can keep your negative opinions about that album to yourself. But but I've been waiting a long time. And I am... The thing is, is the worry that I have is that if it's a good album, people are going to be disappointed. Because people... Like, if you think about the run that he's been on, he hasn't missed. He's literally... Tell, tell me an average Kendrick album. So if it's merely good, I think people are going to really kind of be like, oh, he's fallen off, it's terrible, it's rubbish. And it's actually not. It's just good. See, I, I, I agree with you. Um, I don't think he can win. I mean, he's going to win. But I don't think he's going to... Like, you know how Drake will release an album and the internet will make it seem like it's the best thing that's ever been released? I don't think we're going to get that kind of reception, even from people that aren't Drake fans, if you get what I mean. My issue is, I don't really know where he goes with this album because... His last album won a Pulitzer Award and won all kinds of madness. It was incredibly well received. That is arguably my least favourite Kendrick album. <laughs> and I'm not just saying that to be contrarian. Like it's, it's, it's not in my top three Kendrick albums. It's not one that I go back to that often. It's got individual parts that I think are brilliant. But for me, it's just, it doesn't hit like that. So that shows when you've got I'd like to say that I know a bit about music. I'd like to say that my taste is okay. And this album is so widely heralded, yet I I liked it. I didn't love it, but I liked it. But then the reason that I, I questioned what you were getting at, getting at, Dan, with the jazz piece is because for me, To Pimp a Butterfly is on my wall. Like that's That's, as far as hip-hop goes, that is like the zenith for me. I think it's unbelievable. So I really have no idea which direction it goes in, which is going to kind of unify the fan base. I don't think that's even a consideration as far as he's concerned, but I'm just so intrigued to see what he's been cooking up. Because I expect that he's one of those kind of artists where, so D'Angelo did this, where on Voodoo he had tracks that were recorded around the time that he recorded Brown Sugar that made the cut. And then like a thousand tracks that were recorded in the, t in the time between the two albums. So what you get is somewhere in the middle, this like hodgepodge of music that's been made in that time. I expect he's, he's exactly the same because obviously he had Damn, Black Panther, done little bits and pieces here, Baby Keen there. So there will be so much music that he's made in this period that I'm intrigued to see which Kendrick Lamar we actually receive because 
I'd heard that he was flirting with rock, that there was going to be lots of rock influences on his latest piece, and that was probably about four years ago I heard that. So I have no idea whatsoever where we're going to go with this one. I just got, I've just got a quick message. I need to send it directly to Kendrick. Like, just, hey, don't pull a chance. Because you've, you've released some real good stuff over the last year. We're off the Baby King stuff. Don't fuck up the album now. <laughs> don't, I, what are you talking about? Don't pull a chance. Do you not remember the summer before Chance dropped his his last album? He had the yeah, four but... the four record EP, and they were fine. We were like, "Yes, oh, he's he's no. on his And then and then it was, what, like a, you, it was like a see, you're, you're misremembering this. You're misremembering this. The, 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 the that four record EP came after he blobbed it. That is his. That's his upward curve. That came after the big day. The big day. I mean. God bless him, hopefully, <laughs> because he that was that was the worst well, received. I can't any of it. That was the worst received album I can re- like mainstream album I can remember. That they got him out of here. <laughs> you can't. You, he went from I know Kanye West, I'm never going to fail. That unfortunately, as a line, has aged. That's aged oh. worse than my Will Smith take from the last episode, <laughs> and that's saying something. Yeah, Will Smith will be fine. Wow. Boy, was I wrong. And and Chance had a worse week than me with that album. So, but uh, to, to what you were saying, Dom, I think that your five albums in, and he just, he does, he goes somewhere different every time. I don't think there's going to be a lot of old stuff. I don't think that's the way this is going to move. I think, given how cohesive yeah. the, the ideas, the things tend to be, it'll be stuff recorded together. There might be one or two things, which is like maybe if there's something which is about a specific topic, if there's something Mac related or something uh, um, Nipsey related, that I can see something like that being something that you pick up and put on the project. If but even then, he might release like a throwaway yeah. thing after like TV offcuts that he, that he never released when he was on the label. So I think it'll be quite cohesive, but I wasn't saying like I, the jazz thing is I'm not worried by the jazz thing. I'm worried about. <laughs> I just don't want the, the the name to to lead the the yeah. thing. I I feel like it's leading me now down this path, and that reminds me of everything, whole kinds of shit. Um, but yeah, I honestly I think this is going to be like. He'll do two to three hundred k first week. Easy, easy. Like in 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 physical yeah. sales, he's got people like me walking. Walk, I'm gonna walk to a record <laughs> shop and buy a vinyl, and then walk to Dom's because I don't. Have a vinyl <laughs> <laughs> just because, just because that's type of man I am. It's yeah, it's it's gonna be big, and also you know he's doing the whole. He did the whole Jordan style I'm back note. Did you see yeah. that? He, you know, he's a Jordan fan. Everyone's a Jordan fan. He did the whole folders, the hearts in there. So one of these nerds, he, Kendrick knows his fan base. He knows it's all those guys on the internet saying he dropped 16 syllables. Cold and syllables related to a different star in the moon. <laughs> and that's his mum's star sign. And they're out here embarrassing us, Kendrick fans. These people are out here embarrassing us on social media. And I can't even say anything. Because I'm like, that is cool. 
And I, th- I do think it was intentional, but we, you're out here embarrassing all of us. Stop it. Right, so this is one thing, yeah. I, I need to really watch how I say this. But there is a whole cohort of hip-hop fans that... Right, here we go. Here's how I can put it. You know how... These these are the point... No, like, to what you, before you go into what you're going to say, this is the people who are saying, who are going out and telling people... Like, although it's an achievement you won a Pulitzer, don't be saying that to other music people, other music fans. Don't bring that up in rap conversations, bro. What are you doing out here? Right. You know, so I, I explained this to, so I've been asked by a couple of people why I like house music, because it's just repetitive, monotonous, oops, oops. it's that kind of thing. And I think there's two types of house fans. There's one type who live for the drop, and the other type are the people that can feel the swing. They can feel the bounce. And that groove is what makes house music so amazing to me. When it comes to hip-hop, there is... I'm just going to put it out there. The kind of people that still see Kanye West as one of the best rappers in the world, they are the people that just listen for the drop in house music, right? But then you've got us, who, yes, I love lyricism in hip-hop. Most of my favorite rappers are great with a pen but then there's that feeling and there's something about Kendrick's music which hits differently to most other artists but definitely any of his contemporaries I think Isaiah Rashad is possibly the only other one that I can think of especially within TDE that gives me that feeling when I listen to the music there's something about it and these Cole Kushners and I've listened to the Serial podcast what's it called Dissect I've listened to the Dissect podcast and Serial he's not a killer <laughs> it's, not, it's not about Wrong killers but there's a... Dissect Dissect <laughs> I've listened to it and some of the stuff he picks up on is amazing but I'm not listening to music to be sat there writing a dissertation on it that's not why I listen to music and those kind of fans they ruin it they take so much of the fun out of it man so much of the fun out of it these are the kind of fuckers that I'll tell you that Yeezus is Kanye West's best album. I do not care. That is not the level on which I'm listening to music. Stop dissecting this shit and just feel it, man. I am now extremely glad that I did not follow through on my dissertation of talking about how uh, Black on Both Sides uh, <laughs> creates a New York. But anyway. There's a place for that. There's a place for that. But don't do that on every single project. If anyone is listening at Spotify, we will break down any album line by line as a black in a box podcast for the right fee we can bring dom round so i mean cole kushner started doing his pod for free and now he's getting that bread but i i, I know what you mean i know what you're saying dom and sometimes it's there for the feeling not everything has to be explained mm-hmm. and not everything has to be um put into a different lens of context. You know, these aren't the times that we're, we're always living in. I mean, Little Brother have got a song called Listen, haven't they? And I remember not so long ago when the, the Little little Brother um, documentary was being, <laughs> it was being talked about on Twitter. And then the guy was like, t- someone was saying like, these guys are the ones who birthed Drake. And the guy's like, oh, I don't know what you're even talking about. I don't even listen to them like that. I'm just there for the music. And then someone was like, this girl was like, laugh. She's like, yeah, they've got a song about people like that. <laughs> and he was like, what? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, it's called The Listening on the first album. And then he went away and he obviously came back and posted me. He's like, yeah, this, this actually quite, this actually bangs, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, 
Well, this is it, man. That latest Cole Kushner one. He breaks down the Kendrick verse from Nostalgia with Pusher. And, yeah, the stuff that he, he talks about, the way that he breaks it down. Kendrick is masterful at his craft, but that verse was huge before he started to break it all down. It's not added anything to it for me. It still slaps. So just leave it alone, man. Just talking about packet, man. We're just talking about crack, okay? <laughs> That's all. We know what we need to know. He's Cole. not the first person, and he will snitching. not be the last person to do a crack music metaphor. Coming like, who's the guy on on YouTube? The DJ who does like the video interviews. DJ oh, Vlad. Yeah. So tell us about the first time you sold drugs in the street and who you were with and what date <laughs> and what jacket you were wearing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to talk about something really positive, and he's like, "Yeah, so, so you're in a crack house, <laughs> lad. Who's the with feds you?" Like... <laughs> oh lord! Favorite albums, Kendrick. Right. So I'm gonna go in reverse order. So this, my least favorite is Untitled Unmastered, but I love the album. But it's not an album. If it was an album, it'd probably be a bit higher up, but I put it in there anyway. Then I've got Damn. Then I've got Section 80. Then I've got, in parentheses, Black Panther, because I thought the Black Panther soundtrack was huge. I know it's not his album, but he was very much the executive producer. He put that shit together. So I've got that in third place. Then I've got Good Kid, Mad City. Then To Pimp a Butterfly is clearly, clearly... For me, the best hip-hop album of the last 20 years. I can't think of anything that touches it. It's unbelievable. I'm going to be forcing my kids to listen to that shit when they're old enough to start to appreciate it. It's... Man. How can you have an album that's got George Clinton on it, Rhapsody on it, Thundercat on it, Flying Lotus on it, Knowledge on it, Tupac on it? It's ridiculous. Snoop's on it. Bilal's on it. It's just outrageous. It's one of the best pieces of music. I do not particularly like those reaction videos on YouTube, but I've seen a couple, and I quite like this concept, where a young or a younger person sits down with their dad and introduces them to a song or an album, and they get their reaction. And I've not seen an old man that doesn't at least see the beauty and the craft that went into To Pimp a Butterfly. I just think it's outstanding, an incredible, incredible achievement by any artist. So that is absolutely my favourite of, uh, of Kendrick's back catalogue so far. It is a solid list, and I, I, I think I'd be interested to see what diversity we get. I'm going to go in reverse order also. I'm going to give you Damn. I'm going to give you Good Kid Mad City. Ooh, wow. I'm going to give you Untitled Unmastered. I'm going to give you Section 80. And I'm going to give you T-Pab. Because... Good Kid Mad City, that low down on the list? You say low down. Like, it's the role, it's all very, very <laughs> tight together. If, I'll tell you what, if it did not have that Dre song Oh at the my end, God. And if it didn't have Poetic Justice... <laughs> Genuinely, it would have been. I'd probably put it number two. I'm like, because the album, I, I don't get it. Sing about me. I'm dying a third. I'm like, how have you done that and then not finish the album? Yeah, I get it. That's supposed to be him going back home. Just close, lock it off, B. Lock it off. I don't want to hear this. 
<laughs> it's mad out here. Good, like, Sing About Me and Down the Face is one of my favourite songs. And mm. to bring that trash in after, are you mad, B? Are you mad? Mm. <laughs> and then, was still very, very different back then to that. Because what was that, 2012? you got to yeah. think, think about like, the tracks that J. Cole was releasing back then. Drake, it was very different. And whilst Kendrick was still highly regarded, he still hadn't really broke through. So I understand why he had a Compton and a Swimming Pools and all those like crossover records on there. But like Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe became a huge track. And that clearly wasn't designed to be so. So that album would have worked without the Dr. Dre and the Drake tracks on there. So I get it. Yeah, so that's why I put those there. And then I guess Damn again, it's 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 great. It's it's a tight album. There is this it's the word plays good. It was it's one of those I remember it dropped and everyone's like, Oh yeah, there's another part of it coming next week and that tells you everything you need to know. Yeah. <laughs> Released it again backwards two years later. I can't believe he got away with that. Do you know how many people bought that shit as well? That Bro. shit is on Spotify. <laughs> it's the same thing. <laughs> he he released the same album with a blue lettering and it's just in reverse. Nothing. No extra cuts. <laughs> no extra verses. It's oh, mad man. out here. Uh, Untitled and Mastered. I love this I because it was just, it was, it was, we've got Bron to thank for it. Mm-hmm. Who has, who has off cuts like this? It's outrageous. <laughs> Who has offcuts like this? Can we just look back to as well? Do you remember the before Tip and Butterfly came and we had some of the late night TV appearances? And yeah. two of those performances ended up being on Untitled and Mastered, like the actual studio version of them. Like that, the food. Yes, like the food. You uh, you know it's gonna be a classic when when they when it, when you get sh- rap uh comedy show studio appearances on the album you're like yeah this is gonna bang mate it's mad it's mad but like that has got to be one of the best album rollouts of all time and it was literally two performances and then he released the pop record mm. in I so by the time the album came everyone was like what the hell is gonna be on this record like the guy is just a different level man yeah absolutely and then I mean section 80 section 80 it's got cartoons and cereal on that's still one of his best records, man. With gunplay. So, what happened yeah. to gunplay? <laughs> He's got a few of those, though. Gunplay, there's a few... Yeah. There's a few, like, where he just shows up on a feature and just does some absolute madness. Who um, are these one, people's, gonna... like... Who, who are these people's, like, advisors, though? Because Gunplay's got bars, but... It's like Getz. Getz used to be called Ghetto. Someone told him you ain't gonna cross over if you're called Ghetto. Gunplay was never ever gonna be a huge artist being called Gunplay. Like, what's going on, man? Not even in America. Yeah, Titty Boy. <laughs> Titty Boy, which it's a really like. I love that. Guy. It's a, it's a really innocent name as well. When he it tells is, the yeah. story, like he's he's a mummy's boy, like <laughs> that he was raised at the teat. He was tied to his mum, and then calls himself Titty Boy, and someone's like, "Hey, yeah." <laughs> Changes to two chains, and so never back. and then to pimp a butterfly. We've had this conversation many times. All I'm going to say is, go to Africa if you're black and listen to Mama, and then you'll know. Jello.
Okay, so um, I think it's always important to be honest, and I think it's important that we always say this is subjective. It's how albums hear you, and for me, it's about where I was in my life when these albums hit me and the role they had. That said, um, Untitled Unmastered is 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 kind of none of them are last. They're all great, but again, as Dom said, it's it's not an album, and the thing is, he puts his stuff together so tightly that. I don't care how good your offcuts are, like there isn't the same thing. But still, absolutely amazing. Uh, then a seven-year-old, a seven-year-old produced one of the tracks. <laughs> yeah, but if your parents are Swiss Beats and Alicia Keys, you're not seven years old, are you? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. Um, then section eighty. Um, I think if I had listened to that when it came out, it probably would have been higher. But I didn't listen to it until a few years later. But still, very, very good album. I have to be honest, uh, T-Pav is three for me. Um, but again, I think it's an, a phenomenal, phenomenal... If I was doing my top ten albums of the last... Top ten rap albums of the last 15 years, I'd have three Kendrick albums on it. I think T-Pav is, is a phenomenal uh, album... I think the thing, the reason it's always a little bit lower for me is I really did not like King Kunta when it came out. Um, and that coloured, and that was the one that I think that was released before the album came out. Um, and it's always kind of coloured it for me. I'm, I'm just not a huge fan of that track. Um, number two for me, and, and it's, you know, it's, it's hairs between them is Good Kid Mad City. I just, I, I love, I love the concept. I love the execution. That it's it's an album I can put on at the start, listen the whole way through, and don't stop at all. Um, and I know you guys have uh, you've not hated on it because again we're we're talking about how kind of they're all great, but Dan is one of the best pieces of art I've ever heard. Um, it, it like Dan, you made the point that it's it's a it's very tight, it's lyrically very strong. Um, I, I like obviously it won the Pulitzer, but I I would put the first five first six tracks of that all the way up until the Rihanna track. I would put that up against any six tracks open an album ever. Uh, and I I just it's you you guys know how much feel as a track means to me personally. That might I, be a top five Kendrick. So um, it's unbelievable for me. It's a top three one, and it's not number three. Um, yeah. But then it's like uh, element. Uh, humble DNA, yeah. Like I just, I just the worst track on there. I think that everybody agrees is the worst track is one with you two, and it's not a bad track. I, I what? Quite no, like no. That's what? that's one of the best cuts on the album, man. It's not one of Triple the top X. five. It's Triple X. Top, it's not one of the top five cuts in that. It's not one of the top five. I think if you ask people, they would say that's probably the worst, and it's not a bad track. No, no, no one be, would say that. No, no one, one would say, say that. that. What do you think people would say is the is the least good track on the Love. Album? Love. <laughs> oh, it's Akari. Yeah. No, I, I, that bangs. That bangs. I like that. It's grown on me. It's grown on me. Lovely. <laughs> so yeah, I'm not and I'm not doing this. I wanna be, be with you. <laughs> I wanna be with you. <laughs> I'm not saying it to be controversial. Uh I damn it and you I think you guys knew that's where I was going as well. Like Damn is my favourite Kendrick album, and I, I think it's I think it's a perfect album. Um, I think to your point as well, the worst song on Damn is probably the Rihanna track. No, no, <laughs> that, 
No, Dom, you're not going to get me. I'm not going to bite. I, you, I think you said that just to try and get me to... I'm not no, bite. no, no, because the thing is, yeah, I... Whenever that song comes on, I listen to it and I feel my head going. For me, that song is it's the beat. It's the beat. There's nothing lyrically or performance-wise in that song, which is interesting. It's just a pop record between Kendrick and Rihanna. I don't think it adds too much to the album, but the beat is outrageous. Does, does Rihanna outrageous. spin Kendrick on that track? Well, it doesn't matter because she didn't write that shit. Wow. <laughs> also, without... Uh, I, I don't think the album would work without it, though. I don't yeah, think I guess where, so. Where, I, in, where it comes in the sequencing, yeah. they're all really tightly sequenced. Without, <sighs> yeah, with, you can't take anything out of it in terms of the sequencing. You can't, yeah, because it, it comes straight work. after feel. There's, yeah, it, you have to have that. Like, yeah, you've just had like a borderline spiritual experience with the ending of feel. No, you need it to kind of no. take you down. It comes before feel. Uh, I guarantee you, it doesn't. <laughs> um, which album are you listening to? Uh, the one that, I'm not listening to the one in reverse, you idiot. <laughs> oh my god. So good. You would be the worst little brother in the world. <laughs> it's there on record. Angelo doesn't know how to listen to Angelo listens to this on shuffle, so <laughs> that's what the streets are saying. He doesn't know what order things he does not know what order things come in. Doesn't know what order things come in. There you have it. Big week for TDE, a bigger month ahead for all of us music fans. Cheers, Dom. Cheers, mate. Cheers, Jello. Cheers, man. We'll check in next time with you guys. Thanks for listening. We out.